0: Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and everything you can think of for your home. You name it, we chat about it. And now on with the show. Well, today is March 3rd, and as I've said several times, these shows are cataloged based on the date. So today we have a special guest. Chris Diamond is owner of Hogfish Studios. He designs and maintains all of my websites and produces my podcasts, and that's why he's special. Hey, Chris, thanks for stopping by.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Nancy.
0: I thought today we could talk about um, how people should update their websites um, and when... Other people who look at their websites know that uh, they haven't been touched in a while. So uh, um, do you have any ideas on this? Well,
1: yeah. Um, of course you, you do. know, today's websites have to be uh, mobile-friendly. And the first way you can tell a website's old is if you, if you kind of squeeze your browser window, you know, grab it at the edge and make it smaller. And you can see that but the smaller – as the website gets smaller – it kind of goes off the edge rather than shrinking down. We call that responsiveness. And the first telltale sign that somebody's website's really old and hasn't been updated in a long time is if their website is not responsive.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: And, and then the, the other ways you can tell is is if you look at a website and it just looks old and dated.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I've seen a lot of websites – not so much on my mobile phone, but on my um, desktop, where they have a lot of space and it's a skinny little website. Um, is I think that was popular about ten years ago.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, box. It's kind of what we call a box view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, that if it's if it's small, you know, the, the websites I build sometimes are box. Um, just means they have columns on both sides, um, blank columns, but, um, you know, again, as you squeeze the window, you can see that, that the content shrinks, so it would fit on a tablet or a mobile phone.
0: Maybe I'm just freaky about this because I'm on the computer a lot, but I'll see, I can tell a... Uh, up-to-date website from an old one, It, it almost just jumps at you, almost like looking at a picture of a living room from the 60s. You know, it just screams, hey, I'm old, update me. So how do you approach somebody to tell them, hmm, you really need help with this website, or should I just keep my mouth shut? Yeah, you probably
1: should because a lot of people rely on their websites. You know, a website is basically a brochure, mostly, for most people. Um, and you, you know, you want to make sure that they have the most up-to-date information on their websites. And also if they're, if they're want their websites to provide them new clients, then you have to think about SEO too. How's your website being found? Because if your website's old and it never changes, it's going to fall down on the Google listing. Hmm.
0: Well, another point, and I guess I'm, Um, pointing towards the designer or the uh, builder architect, if they have, you guys out there, if you have an old looking website, the people who come to your website are going to think that you're not up to date with design. Um, uh, Personally, I always think that your website and your business card are your tools to sell yourself. So right, Chris, that's definitely an indication of somebody not being up with the times.
1: Definitely. I mean, if you're, in a, if you're in a visual business like you are in design and your website looks old and dated, they're probably going to think your ideas are old and dated.
0: Uh, right. Agreed. Also, if the more you have on your website for your client, the better off, like I said, you're selling yourself, the better off you're going to be because they're going to know a lot about you. Uh, maybe good or bad, but hopefully it's all good. So is it good to have videos on your website or a lot of pictures? Um, Where does that stand with the text? You know, on a percentage basis, I myself like to look at the pictures more than read a lot of text. Do you find that?
1: I think most people that that's the case. And I would encourage people who have websites to look at their images and the images should be big and bright and beautiful. And videos are good, too, because you know, if you have if you had a page that's you know several paragraphs that talks about you, um, where you came from, you know what you do, and kind of a bio of you, I'd rather watch it on a video than than read a page of text.
0: We're getting to be a video society, huh?
1: Yes, I, I think so. I mean, I'd rather watch. The, I'll, if I'm if I'm trying to learn something new in the web design. Uh, space, I would rather watch videos on YouTube than, than read a tutorial.
0: Which means that reading is passé, So, especially now with everything available. I know the tools are available, um, but when you're doing a website, you, Chris, uh, do you set it up so that the owner of the website can change out their videos if they want?
1: It depends who the client is. Some clients... Like you, I can teach how to do that, and you can do it without, you know, without um, causing any harm to the website. And some, <laughs> can't. some sometimes, I've had,
0: sometimes,
1: I've had clients that try to update their websites and, you know, crash them, and then I have to um, bring them back from a backup.
0: But that is possible.
1: Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I always all my sites that I manage, I um, are backed up every day. Mm -hmm. And that's on the, where the um, it's backed up to the server where it's, where the website lives. And then I do a separate backup every week to another offsite server just in case.
0: Okay. So, yeah, so I've uh, we've had to use that a couple of times with mine. Um, Maybe we should talk about uh, protection on your website so that you don't get hacked. You know, what, what does that involve?
1: Well, and I know we've talked about this before on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, most of that has to do with people who do not keep their websites up to date, meaning that their website is maybe made in WordPress. And WordPress has plugins and they have the WordPress program itself and the themes. And what happens is that those uh, one of those... Um, Things has a vulnerability in it. Let's say a plugin. So you have a plugin and it's your contact form plugin. Well, they can find a vulnerability in it. And if that's not updated, because once the vulnerability is found, the author will usually update the plugin. And if you don't keep on top of those plugins, then you risk having your uh, site hacked or malware installed.
0: Mm. so if somebody has a website it's not just a one-time thing they have to keep updating it correct
1: that is correct yes and you know part of my service and you know this because you get a report every every uh, month cool. is that I go through every few days and make sure everything's up to date on your website including your plugins your themes and WordPress itself
0: Mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, veer away from this subject, but there are a lot of people I know that actually put their own website together. They're not webmasters. They're not coders. They're, they're maybe designers or somebody who thinks I can do this myself. This is no big deal, but what are the repercussions when they do their own website and probably what we just talked about, right? If they don't, uh, they're not careful, they can get hacked.
1: Yes. Um, that's, that's true. People that manage their own websites, again, I find most people, because they want to save a few bucks, so they'll manage their own websites. And the problem, again, is they don't keep on top of those updates.
0: Hmm. Uh, so getting back to what a website should and shouldn't do, I know that uh, there's some people have shopping carts on their website. Is that hard to put on?
1: No, there's actually a plugin called WooCommerce that's free, um, that's a shopping cart. Uh, plugin, and you know it takes some time to configure it and get it running correctly. But once you do that, it's free. And the way they make their money is that they um, charge for for plugins. So if you wanted to have it, you know, calculate your shipping automatically, that'd be a plugin through WooCommerce, and that's how they they make their money. So they offer the actual program for free. I use it on one of my websites, one of my personal websites. I sell T-shirts online. And it's so far, it's worked flawlessly,
0: oh, good, so you know how to do it. So if somebody wants a website with uh, a catalog or something online that they're selling, you could do that, Chris.
1: Absolutely
0: <laughs> okay, so well, let's talk uh let's go back to the images. I like I said, I'm online a lot, and I look at websites some people have, and the pictures are horrendous. How important are the pictures on a website?
1: Well, it all depends. It depends what kind of website it is. Um, For people in your line, um, because you know you're dealing with a visual product, and you want that to look as good as possible. So, you know, I would suggest people who are designers or they're selling marble or selling cabinetry. It's worth having somebody come in and take some professional pictures so it looks really nice. Mm, If you were if you were selling auto parts, then it's not that important that the you know the carburetor looks pretty.
0: <laughs> Although a pretty carburetor is uh, probably will sell better, or a clean one anyway, right? Yep. <laughs> okay, so how do you know when your website is working for you?
1: Well, there's um, different ways to tell. Um, One is if you have a sign up form and people are signing up to get updates, you know, you say, Hey, you know, give me your email address and we'll update you whenever we, we do something spectacular. Um, you can tell them, but there's also Google analytics, which will give you tons of information about who's coming to your website, where they're coming from, what their age is, what their gender is, what they're looking at your website on. So I mean, um, Google analytics is the best way to see if your website's really working for you. Hmm. And, and to go to expand on that further, I've had clients that pay a lot of money to companies, to marketing companies. And, you know, they'll say, oh, I paid $20,000 to this marketing company. And I'll ask them, well, and ha- did your sales go up? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, well, then you just wasted
0: $20,000. Well, that makes them feel really good. So, like, I probably am asking you this twice. How do you know or how do you know what to do to make your sales go up?
1: Well, one thing, I, and I'll give you a hint, is, is if a marketing company comes to you and says that we're going to market your website or we're going to market your social media for you, we're going to manage your social media, you know, have them provide you with with reports to show that what they're doing is effective and is bringing more people to your website because a lot of people don't ask for that they just assume that these people know what they're doing so they must be good and i don't really have to you know pay attention
0: mm-hmm. well let's um let's look at the websites for designers uh, how do they market them you know what's the best way if you don't want to spend twenty thousand dollars on a marketing company <laughs> what do you, what do you do
1: I would say the best way is to is to through social media, because that's that's if, especially if you're managing your own social media, then then you are in charge of it and it's not costing you anything but time, so your return on investment is really good. If you're, you know, doing a Twitter a Twitter post and a Facebook post on your Facebook page every week, that's going to bring you some clients and it's not costing you anything.
0: So actually, continuity is important, or repetitiveness. Um, If you just show up on Twitter and Facebook once every other month, you're not going to be remembered by your audience. Uh, Same goes with the website that doesn't have any activity on it. If you have a blog on your website, and you blog once every six months. And I know I go on websites where I'll check the blog and I'll think, oh, they haven't touched this in four or five months. you been looking at my
1: website, Nancy.
0: I hate to say it, but I've been so busy that I have two websites. One of them I'm on every day and the other one, I really don't get a chance to go on a lot, unfortunately. Uh, but I should, you know, and that's probably everybody says the same thing. I should, I really should. Are there services that can keep putting stuff on your website if you don't have time?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's uh, people who specialize in content providing so that you can hire them and they'll write articles to put on your blog. And the, the reason you want to do that, either blog yourself or hire a content company to write content for you is because when Google looks at your site, they want to see a site that's um, being updated constantly, so you get more points for that on your SEO. So if you're writing, if you're writing blog posts every week, that's going to help your SEO. And the other reason that helps is if, say, you Nancy wrote an article on your website about Sub Zero, the new Sub Zero refrigerator. Somebody who's searching, who's doing that. Uh, Who's searching for new Sub Zero refrigerator model? Blah blah blah. Well, might be directed to your site, so that gives you some traffic.
0: Mm, good point. How important are keywords or or tag words or whatever you want to call them?
1: Keywords are are important, and I'm not an SEO expert, so I'm not going to you know give you advice on the best way to do SEO. Um, those people. The people who do SEO, that's what they they do for a living, and that's what they concentrate on, and that's what they do full time, and it's a full time job just to be an SEO person. Okay. Um, you'll find very few web designer developers that are also doing SEO because it's just it's SEO is a, a monolith. So, um, but yeah, if you use keywords like I said for long tail searches, and I'll give you an example. If you're a dentist in Phoenix, you're competing with you know a thousand other dentists in Phoenix. Um, so if you're if you're hoping that when someone types in Phoenix dentist and they get to your to your website, unless you've had your website for 15 years and spent a lot of money on SEO, you're probably not going to show up. But if there's a if there's a a type of dentistry you do, say you do a special teeth whitening that nobody else does or very few do. If you mention that in one of your blog posts or on one of your pages on your website, then when someone searches for that teeth whitening, your site's going to come up. So we call that a long tail search. So instead of um, Phoenix dentists trying to get, trying to get people to your site using the keywords Phoenix dentists, um, use something like, you know, dentist providing, You know abc tooth whitening
0: so the more um i want to say descriptive of your keywords the better you are correct getting people to find you correct when somebody calls me i cold call i'll always say how did you find me and a lot of times they'll say well i found you on google well what did you put in so people out there who are listening to this podcast Always ask the questions so that you can kind of find out how you were found, and if maybe the words you're using are working for you. Good point, Chris.
1: Absolutely, yes. That's that's a really good point. And if you do hire an SEO person, they can. What they do is they will try certain certain keywords on blog posts or on pages, and they'll look to see if the traffic goes up and down. Up or down, and then they'll they'll use that data to move forward on what you know what they're planning to do next.
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's a good point. Um, so, how do we know if a good SEO is going to translate into a good ROI, return on your investment? How do we know that?
1: Well <laughs> again there's there's so many SEO companies and some are great and some are not so great. Um so you know if you can get reviews on an SEO company or an SEO person and then like I said the biggest thing is to make them show you the results. Mm. Because a lot of people do not ask for the results. They just say okay this person's doing my SEO. Um But if they're not providing results, if they're not proving to you that they're getting more people to come to your website and you're not getting conversions on those people, meaning that they're calling you, then you're just throwing your money in Mm. in the air.
0: And let's face it, if somebody finds you on your website, there's no guarantee you're going to sell your product to those people. It's just that they found you. You might have a conversation with them. So ultimately, isn't it the person who owns the business, who owns the website, should keep track of, okay, how many phone calls did you get off the website, but then how many of those turned into a job?
1: Right, right. Absolutely. And also, you know... A good SEO person can can um, target your audi- audience. So let's say you're doing ads on Facebook. You want to get to the people who are going to become your customers, and so you want to target your audience. And the and the more you whittle down your audience, say you're say you do some, um, you you pick some you pick some categories of people that that are your audience. And say there's two million that fit that you know, fit that criteria, you kind of have to look and see where they're coming from, what you know what portion of that audience is calling you and then you're going to whittle that down till you get to you get your audience super pinpointed target because you're paying for clicks. so if people are clicking but they're not calling you, then you're kind of wasting your money.
0: Mm. So you have to know your audience. You have to focus on who you know.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Mm, interesting. I have a quick question. Sometimes if you go to a website and it says uh, it's the 404 error.
1: Right. Message,
0: well, what do you do as the person who owns the website? If they don't go into their own website every so often, they don't know that there's a, can we say a broken link or something wrong? Right.
1: Right. So you can ask your web person to put a broken link checker that kind of goes, scans your site every X amount of days and lets you know if there's any broken links on there.
0: Well, can somebody, well, I should back up by saying years ago when I had a website, it wasn't interactive. In other words, I was not able to go in there and add stuff, change text, whatever. Nowadays, and you've set my sites up so that I can go in anytime I want. I can add pictures, uh, videos, text, change things around. Um, that That's easy and fun for me, and I couldn't do it years ago. So when there's an error... 404 error. Am I able, as the owner of the site, go in there to fix it? Or should we always rely, and I know what I do, because I always call you, but what is the the people out there who uh, find this situation, how do they get it fixed? Can they do it themselves? Do they have to call their web guy or web girl or what?
1: Well, it's like anything, Nancy. I mean, you can, you know, you can fix your own car, Right? No, I can't. I mean, no. You could yeah. if you really wanted to. You could, you know, look at some look at some um tutorials on you know changing your thermostat on your car. Um, but oh, is that something true. you really want to do, or do you want to just leave that to professionals? So the, yes, yes, in both cases. You can do it yourself if you want to invest the time to learn how to do it. Or you can just call your web person and say, Hey, I got a four oh four error.
0: Yeah, somebody has a business, but they have time to fix their website, that means their business isn't very busy, I guess. Right. (laughs) That's a bad thing. Chris, do you have any last-minute hints on uh, how people can update their website or what they should look for objectively looking at their website to see if it's time to remodel?
1: Yeah, well, just go into your website every once in a while and, and kind of put the hat on of your customer. You know, or your client put their hat on and look at your site and say, if I was a person set for you, Nancy, if I was a person that was going to remodel my kitchen, what is going to, what on what this website is going to make me want to pick them over someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's what you really have to do. You have to put yourself in the place of your customer or client and look at your website and see if that's going to entice you to go with that person.
0: yeah. Um, Another thing they could do is send their website to um, their closest friends and see what they think. So you can get some outside um, feedback from people you know. The other thing you can do is go to the competition's websites and try to objectively compare yours to theirs. It's always a good one. Uh, And I do notice that some people will actually redo their website and they put it on LinkedIn and they go, hey, everybody, I just uh, redid my website. What do you think? Nine out of 10 times you're wasting your time, I think, in my opinion, because those people are not looking for your services. You're all in the same boat in LinkedIn. Uh, So somehow you've got to, I guess, maybe ask some friends to then see if they can send out your website to their friends to get some feedback. That's probably more objective, right?
1: That is. And, the, and you know, the you made a good point that your friends and family are, are good judges to look at your website and tell you what they like and what they don't like, but we keep in mind that they're not your clients. So they might say, you know, I don't like the red on here, but you know that red appeals to your clients. So you know, mm. you have to you have to take what they say with a grain of salt.
0: Well, the other thing you can do is send your website to a client. And if you get feedback from them, like, you know, I couldn't uh, maneuver through your website or I opened up this and I couldn't find this, what does that mean? And that's probably the best way. Get the feedback from the people that you're hoping to uh, get business from.
1: And remember what's important to your clients for you. You know, I would say that your clients probably want to see who you are, what your background is, kind of a bio on you, and they also want to see some pictures of of projects yeah. that you've completed.
0: Right.
1: That's that would be the two mo If I was a client looking for a kitchen remodel, those would be my two main factors that I would take from a website.
0: Hmm, good point. Good so
1: point. always put, like I said, always put yourself in the in the position of your clients. And what are they looking for?
0: You know, you brought up a good point about uh, yourself. You can go into almost any website, whether it's for a designer or for a business, and they'll say, about us. And how intricate should that description be? I've seen some where they're giving you their whole life history. And again, too much text, too much information. And then I've gone into some business sites where They don't really hardly give you anything about them. I want to know who owns the business so that I can look it up and do some background checks. But they're very evasive when it comes to that. So how much is really important on the about page?
1: Well, again, I would look at it in the sense of, you know, if I was a client, what do I need to know about me? Does The fact that I, you know, like to water ski, is that important? to somebody looking for a website, probably not.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Um, the fact that I, you know, um, helped organize three WordCamps, which is the WordCamp uh, WordPress conferences in Phoenix, um, that's probably important. So that, you know, you kind of weed this stuff out. And nobody wants to read three pages about you, right?
0: Yeah. It so don't start I, I, from when you were a teenager, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, it's nice to put a little bit of personal stuff in there so people know that you're a person, but i wouldn't I wouldn't go overboard. you know, I have two dogs, and I walk them on Sundays.
0: Well, they they always tell about the kids. well, she's she loves to cook and she spends her weekends with her husband and her three dogs and two kids, and blah blah blah. Nobody really cares about that. You yeah, can bring that up when that. you meet the people,
1: right, right,
0: yeah. Hey, on that note, Chris, we have to say this has come to an end. I want to talk about our wonderful sponsor, Thermador. Uh, They now offer two distinct collections. The Masterpiece Collection is a modern design for every kitchen, while the Professional Collection is a professional-grade design where you can experience restaurant-style quality in your home. So when you're doing your kitchen, if you're more contemporary... You're more of the masterpiece collection. And if you like the way industrial kitchens look, go for the professional collection. Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design and led by innovation. To learn more about Thermador, you can go to thermador.com. So, Chris, it's been a joy as usual.
1: Yeah, it's been fun, Nancy. I like doing podcasts with you.
0: Yeah, especially since you... Um, produce my podcasts. Okay. Do you want to just shout out uh, with your contact information so everybody can have their website done by Chris? And I recommend you to everybody because I really have had a lot of um, definite um Uh, situations with you where you've come through. We didn't even talk about hacking, and we do a podcast where we talk about how to avoid being scammed and hacked, and we'll talk about that on another podcast. We do this every so often so people can realize the importance of doing things so that you don't get hacked or scammed. Right, Chris?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I enjoy doing podcasts with you, and I really enjoy Our working relationship. Um, You always keep me on my toes. (laughs) Your (laughs) website. You're right. um, If you want to get a hold of me, um, just you can go to my website. It's hogfishstudios.com. You can send me an email at hello at hogfishstudios.com or you can give me a call at 480 270 4232.
0: I might add, because you, you said I keep you on your toes. When you people out there have webmasters, or you're thinking of doing a website, um, push the web guys to the nth degree. Don't just settle for yeah, we'll do this because it's easy. You wanna you wanna do what you wanna do and. Your webmaster should guide you and also suggest things, even if they're hard to do. Don't forget, at the end of the day, you want your website to bring you business,
1: right, Chris? Absolutely. And my my uh, motto is, I will tell you what I think you should do, but I'll do what you want me to do. So that's my right.
0: uh, you know what that's my clients. That's mine too. You know, um, with kitchens and design. Ultimately, it's your website, it's your kitchen, you're going to end up doing what you want to do. Hope everybody enjoyed today's show. I know we are full of information on every podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the platform you're using to listen to these podcasts. And by the way, I am on 28 podcasts, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and it goes on and on and on from there. Uh, You can always go put Home Design Chat with Nancy into Google, and there's a plethora of uh, listings there. And don't forget to share these with your friends. You don't want to keep all this information a secret you want to share it. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. That's my website that Chris put together. And if you have any questions for me or for Chris, you can either email him directly, or you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a great day.